Hey guys, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. Today, I actually have my second guest in Tulum, Mexico. Uh, Augie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank Thanks you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So, uh, Augie Zadra and I actually know each other briefly. I'd say we're more acquaintances, but we did meet in person years and years ago, kind of in our more social networking days at an event. And we had been uh, friends on social media. And I think we've both changed a ton since then. So it's been at least, I'd say, like maybe close to a decade um, Mm -hmm. since we've actually probably really talked. And uh, spoken, excuse me. And so it's really cool to be reconnected with you. And we have a lot to talk about, but uh, specifically, um, Augie is certified Kundalini yoga teacher, which we're going to talk about Kundalini yoga, which I'm really excited about because I've been wanting to learn a lot more about that personally. I've been curious about trying it. And then also he studies plant medicine. So we'll touch on some of that. And um, he's also been certified in like power yoga and um, he also studies Sikh. So we'll talk a lot about that. And um, we'll just first, I think I'd love to just kind of as an introduction, dive into your spiritual journey. Because I know when we were, Mm. when we knew each other, I don't think both of us were really that deep into into that stuff. Um, and I'd love to hear kind of what brought you to where you are today and why brought you to Tulum and, and your studies and all of that. So we got a lot to talk about. I'll let you take it from here. Um, start wherever you'd like. Yeah. 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 I think when we had met, I, I hadn't really awakened to my spiritual path yet. What happened I was a collegiate soccer player and my body was beat up my doctor said, look, if you don't stretch and heal yourself, you're not going to be able to walk when you're 50 years old. And so I knew I had to stretch. So I started doing yoga, which I, I actually despised. I couldn't stand doing yoga. And I found a yoga style that I liked, uh, that was more strenuous. And then this, something started to happen when I was in Shavasana and laying there, there was this, there, there was a shift happening and when one day after I'd been doing Kundalini for a while or doing yoga for a while, I had this, well, I didn't know what a third eye was or anything. I was just in yoga trying to get better. And my, uh, my, something opened at my third eye. It was this a beautiful color, just amazing, immaculate color of purple. And intuitively I, I felt like that's me. That's the essence of who I am. And that was when that was really my awakening moment where I started to believe in a higher power and believe in God. And then a week later I was, I had a friend who was sort of a spiritual mentor at the time that I didn't realize it invited me to his float tank. And I went and sat in a separate sensory deprivation tank. And halfway through that, I had another experience where this entity came through and just reached out and said, Hey, really loudly. I left the tank and everything was different after that. I was all of a sudden aware of energies, aware of spirits and and had never been before. Never really like even thought like that ghosts and all this stuff was weird and odd. And all of a sudden was extremely aware and sensitive to sounds and colors and have been ever since that point. So that was a, uh, interesting, uh, way to get woken up into the world. And that was really what started my spiritual path. Um, going deeper and deeper, it was, it became a lot of healing and learning how to recondition my mind into a, a place of peace and, um, and how do I operate in the world in this, in this matrix world while I'm having these spiritual experiences that um, have continued and only progressed since then. So um, fast forward, I, um, I, I met with that teacher again, the one that invited me to the sensory deprivation tank. And um, he said, <laughs> I was just a coaching meeting and he asked me one question. He said, if you had an unlimited amount of money, what service would you give to the world? And at the time I was running around there. I was inspired during a Halloween, um, during Halloween to dress up as a wizard, this kind of wizard character. 
and you've probably seen Scarf Man in yes, Seattle. Yes, I love yeah. Scarf Man. Yeah, Anyone so who's in I, Seattle, you might know who that is. I have a good friend and I, we saw him multiple times. He's out, out like at all the, I love that you brought this up. He's at all the different festivals. I don't know if he still is, but you know, Capitol Hill block party and any, any type of like festival or street fair, you'd see him. He's this old, old guy. And he, he often would wear like a tutu or like a skirt and he had all these like scarfs and he was just free and walking around and he was, yeah, he's kind of like a legend in, in Seattle. <laughs> right. So I, I just say, what is it like to be him? So I dressed up as him as Hall- in Halloween one year and I had this crazy experience where I just felt so free I was tapping into something, some essence of myself that felt like my little kid, this innocence, this, and it was just so fun. I just didn't stop. I would just do it periodically and then started to morph it into my own thing. And then stuff started to awaken more in me that where it started coming through, like the meditation of just running around and playing in the street and making people's days. So, and at the same time I was handing out these cards, these little inspirational cards. So Sean, the the coach said, you know, what would you do? And I said, well, you know, I think what I would do is just run around like this wizard character and hand out cards. And he said, then you got to do that. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that. Now at the time I was working in a cubicle in downtown Bellevue and had a corporate job. And I said, you know what? I, if that's what is coming through, if that's what spirit wants me to do, then I, yeah, like that's what I got to do. So I ended up spending a year traveling around dressed as this, character handing out cards through that process that was really a spiritual journey for me i went to these different spiritual centers around the world um and that was when i found kundalini yoga and also when i found uh ayahuasca Mm -hmm. so um, first i found kundalini yoga in this process and had a really profound experience uh just a pretty extreme awakening for myself and coming into a higher awareness and then found plant medicine. And, um, also during that time I was reading the Tibetan book of the dead. And this is how I ended up in Tulum. And in that book, these Buddhists, these Rinpoche's, they live their whole, every single day to die. So they prepare themselves to die every single day and they live a very karmic free life. And it's said that these Rinpoche's, when they die, they know where they're going to reincarnate as bodhisattvas. So they will say, I'm going to reincarnate in this village. And then they will just lay down and and they know exactly when they're going to die. And they will just close their eyes and die. And then the other Rinpoche's will go to find them as they reincarnate in the villages. So they'll go find a newborn and like, oh, here he is, reborn. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's so fascinating. I haven't really thought about my death. So I spent time meditating and meditating and thinking about how am I going to leave the earth at the time? What came through was in the trajectory that I was living, I, I was, I was addicted to, to cigarettes and I was still abusing alcohol and trying to fit, find my way through that. Even though I was doing yoga, I, was, I had these habits I was working through and it, it said, if you don't, if you don't pass, even if you don't change, then you're going to die of cancer. So I got to make some adjustments. And the other one was I could get eaten by a shark. And the last one I saw myself very, very, very old. And I was at this beautiful cliff overlooking the ocean. And I laid down with my family and loved ones around me and spirit just took me. Wow. And I was like, okay, I want to choose that one. Yeah. <laughs> so I started redirecting my life to that trajectory. And in the process of traveling around the world, I was – I was doing my mission and I was also trying to find this place. Where is this place that I'm meant to live? So during COVID last year, I came down um, during the lockdown. I came down to Tulum. Some friends invited me. Tulum just kind of came up. Tulum, Tulum, Tulum. All right, let's go. I came to Tulum and I walked over to to the ruins and I was like, this is it. This is where I leave this is the, from my vision. And I had all these other different signs and like, all right, I got to do everything I can to get here. Um, ironically, Tulum has a really beautiful Kundalini community and, um, ayahuasca is re- is very prevalent here. And those are two big parts of my path is the Kundalini, um, the plant medicine and the, um, and also the Sikhi face faith. And I can do all three here. Wow. So that's, that's the short story sure. of how I'm here. Ah, uh, wow. Well, thanks for sharing. I, yeah. I love hearing everyone's kind of 
personal story and awakening. And I mean, it's not like you just awaken and that's it. I mean, it's a continual, obviously, journey, but there is oftentimes a shift. Whoa, there's something else out there. And I, I too, um, saw purple um, when I was getting acupuncture and then mm. when I would like be in kind of an almost asleep state sometimes. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey too, where I'm like, this is interesting. There's something going on here with, you know, the chakras and I started exploring it in yoga. So um, I also saw that and it's pretty cool uh, if you're able, ever able to see chakra colors come in. Uh, but Okay, so you made your way to Tulum, and have you left since, or did, when you came, like, have you just stayed, or did you have to kind of arrange living? Mm. And yeah, so getting here, it's it's a massive spiritual vortex. Yeah, and a lot of times when we people come, or as I'm living here, when you first get here and integrate, it the synergy is so high. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're going through, it's magnified here. So the lessons are really quick. Mm. It wasn't a super easy transition. I, I came down, um, I got here and I, I just didn't want to leave. And yet I had a life back in California at the time I was the director of e-commerce for, um, Nordic naturals. And, uh, this is also interesting because while I was on my, when I made my mission to go be the wizard, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it, but I knew that I needed to do it. And at the time I was actually in a decent amount of debt. As I started to share what my mission was, that, Hey, I have this calling. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to 24 countries. I have 6,000 cars. I'm dressing up like this character and I'm going people, the universe was wanting to support me. And I, I got this most incredible job that I paid me more than I'd ever made before and gave me the flexibility to travel to complete my mission, which was fantastic. And so I came down here and um, part of that was that I had to negotiate not going into the office anymore. Okay. And um, they were okay with that. So I made the transition down here. Uh, it took me two, three months. Um, then yeah, I just got used to it, got, bought, got a place. Uh, and then recently the universe and uh, how it's shifted is I've been asked to move away from that director role and go on my own. So now I'm doing my own, doing my own thing, which is still kind of, I don't know. I have an idea of what it is. And I'm at the same time, I'm surrendering to the process because it's starting to unfold in front of me. Uh, I have an e-commerce marketing agency and we help conscious businesses sell products online. I'm uh, a Kundalini teacher and I help with uh, plant medicine facilitations and I'm just ho- holding on in my yeah. practices. Wow. So yeah. you're kind of doing dabbling in a lot of different areas, but it, it seems that it's very fulfilling and, and your, your mission, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I would love to talk, let's start with the Kundalini. Um, explain how that's different. Cause obviously most people know at least what yoga is, right? Some people do it for just physical exercise. Some people do it for like the mental and obviously some do it for uh, both physical and mental. It's very integrated. Um, I've done a lot of yoga. I've done core power yoga. I've done, you know, uh, I've never done hot yoga. It's just not my thing, but I've done all types of, you know, Hatha flow and all the different things. And I'm very familiar with that, but I've never done Kundalini. So how is it different than just mm-hmm. kind of norm, normal yoga, if you will? Kundalini yoga is sometimes we'll refer to ourselves as Kundalunis. It's, it's a real wild experience (laughs) and it's different each time it incorporates meditation, pranayama, breathing, a Kriya, which is typically it's a movement. Generally it's around an intention. Um, and then mantra. So we chant mantras. Uh, the yoga is a, it's spoken of as a technology and it is allows you to be in in a higher state of awareness so that when you're operating in the world, you're operating from this higher seat of intuition really does a great job expanding your aura and helping you get in, um, in tune with these senses that are not just in the body, but externally. So your intuition, just this state of knowing, um, telepathic accessibility. It's it, when I was in the training, 
I remember the first time I did it thinking, what was that? I left and I, I had to, it took me a couple of days to like, to even understand what I had happened because these Kriyas, these movements, these, um, this technology, some of the, what we're working on is thousands of years old. These yogis were working on it and doing the same things in repetition in caves. And, uh, we're very lucky to have Yogi Bhajan who came over from India and brought these teachings and broke the lineage. So they were not necessarily meant to be taught to just anyone. It was kind of a royal lineage that they were living in. And so he brought them and he said, no, the people that need them are the people of the West because they're going to be able to receive them. And then they're going to be able to spread them because we're heading into this Aquarian age where it's a really difficult time and we're in it right now. And these technologies will help people manage those times and thrive during those times. What, what shifted for me when I did, when I, I, I found a guru, guru uh, Singh. I, because at first the Kriyas were intense. They really lift your vibration and they, sometimes you could do one Kriya and it may take you a couple of weeks to integrate. Um, so I, there was a period of time where I, I started to feel parts of my identity were crumbling. Um, and so I, I pushed it away. It was too much. And then I came back to the practice when I found this guru, I walked in, in his class and I sat down and I just, he started playing the guitar and I just, broke down crying. I'm like, this is my teacher. And I knew after my wizard mission, I was going to come back and see him. So I came in within a month of doing the first sadhana. So we have spiritual practices that are broken the 40 days. You do the same practice for 40 days. So I did my first 40 day sadhana and, um, 20 days in, I, I was like, I don't think I need to take any anxiety medicine anymore. My whole life, even with yoga and doing all these practices, breath work, I just wasn't able to get off of this, these meds and 20 days into this Kriya, I'm like, I don't need it. And I left. And even during this time, I'm still struggling with my addiction to cigarettes. So it was 23 years of smoking. And after I got done with this, the first 40 day Kriya, I'm like, I think I can hack cigarettes. And there's a Kriya for addiction. So I started the next Kriya I did for 40 days was the Kriya for addiction. And I stopped smoking cigarettes that day. I stopped. Wow. I did, and then I just did the same meditation for over 250 days because I just never wanted to be involved or have it in my life again. So it gave me this incredible amount of freedom. The, the, also, at the same time, I was at working at this job that I had a very entry-level position for. And all of a sudden they were like, we want you to be, um, an executive. And I'm like the youngest executive had no intentions of being a director at this company. Um, and so life just started to become better for me in, in every way. So I definitely kept going and, um, and then decided that uh, at some point I, I was like, okay, I want to live as a teacher and offer these practices back to people so that they can heal. And, you don't have to, I wear white and I wear the, um, the, the, the Kundalini teacher attire. Um, that's not, you don't need to do any of that to do the practices. It's just that, um, through the process of evolution, which I never thought I'd be wearing this stuff or look like this. It's just the, through the experience. I'm like, Oh, okay. I understand. Like I feel better. My vibrations higher. Yeah. And, um, there's a service aspect to it. And so. I, sorry to interrupt you. It's interesting. I forgot her name. You probably know her. She's a very common woman who does kundalini yoga. She's older. Taj? Taj, yeah. Taj. Okay, well, I listen to, I reference uh, Luke Story's podcast all the time because I'm a huge fan, but he had her on and I listened to that like about a month ago and learned some things about kundalini yoga, but she was talking about when she started to wear the, the white cap and she would take it off and she would have all these really weird experiences when she wasn't wearing it. So when you're talking about energy and stuff, have you noticed that at all when you aren't wearing it out and about? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Once I put on the turban, like I wear, I have, this is a cap, that I, the head covering. Uh, and I started to practice a whole shift happened and I could sense basically what I realized was a lot of times when I would walk into like a grocery store, for example, I would start to feel anxiety or I'd start to have some thoughts and at the time I didn't realize they weren't, it wasn't mine. Mm. It was someone else's mm -hmm. stuff You're that I pick up on other up people's. On. Yep. Yeah. And so what this, this helps to keep your, um, all of your energy protected. Okay. 
centralized. Sure. Um, and it's also a, it's also a way of reverence. So when when we put it on at the t- moment that I put it on, I'm like, okay, I'm in service, and everything becomes ingratitude at that point. And if something's happening outside or someone needs help, it's a commitment to stop what I'm doing and help these help someone in need. Interesting. That's mm-hmm. cool how like a physical thing though, you can actually kind of put that on and say, okay, like I'm protected today. And that's, that's wild. Yeah. It's definitely protection. It's also, I'm noticing I'm like, okay, am I, am I like, uh, have a connection to it? And I'm feeling like, I, I feel like naked without it. Now. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of an aspect where I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for me to take it off for a little bit here and there and just, cause not, not all Kundalini's wear a head cover. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's really, really awesome and inspirational to hear about um, dropping the anxiety meds and the the cigarette smoking. That's great. Um, so, do you feel like were some of the the meditations about letting go of that stuff, or like how how do, you know people are listening? Mm-hmm. Okay, great, like cool. But how do you describe like how are you able to let that stuff go through the practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens is we commit to a practice. They teach you in, especially if you can have a Kundalini teacher, like I can guide someone or through how to create a spiritual practice for yourselves. So the reason I wanted to get involved with Kundalini is I was so impressed by the devout ones. They would get up at four o'clock in the morning in the ambrosia hours and meditate for two hours and take cold showers. And they just had this incredible amount of discipline and they all were just happy all the time. They were like in good moods. Their skin looked amazing. So I thought, okay, they've got some secrets that I want to know. Yeah. And the, so the, the key is, is the, is the sadhana. So we, and then the sadhana is connected to a Kriya. The Kriya has a purpose. So the first Kriya I did was an aura balancing Kriya, or it might've been aura expansion. Um, there's aura balancing or um, aura expansion. Um, there's some, a bunch of different types of auric ones. And I had never worked on my auric field before or even had an idea of like a lot of times it, it's not, it wasn't a concept that was taught to me. Like how do we protect our aura? And um, what's beautiful about what's happening right now with uh, Joe Dispenza is Joe Dispenza teaches the Kundalini concepts from a scientific standpoint. Mm. He takes out all like the, like the woo woo language and he talks about your electromagnetic field. So and he teaches breath work and different types of um, movements and mantra type activities that are all inside of the Kundalini practice. Uh, I would say for the most part, he has some unique ones that are really cool. So um, that I, what I had done was uh, I was, I was tuning into my highest frequency, which I hadn't necessarily done before. And when you, when I start, when I started to get in this higher vibration and balancing my parasympathetic nervous system, then I, my anxiety level just goes away. And so through the breath work and through the discipline and being in the practice every single day, I basically was able to self-regulate myself. And, and I, I never felt what it was like to be centered. Like, okay, this is me without anything. This is me without any stimulants. This is me without any anything at some point I'd have something that was in me like a pharmaceutical drug or caffeine or something. And it was like, ah, oh, this is zero point center. Oh, there I am. Woo. Okay. That's cool. And then from there we, then you can work out from there and, yeah. and, and you have that feeling, ah, oh, there I am. Yeah. So that was the beauty of it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I've had a couple readings where I've had like chakras cleared out and then obviously like um, protected and re-energized, but I, I would like to to start doing more of that myself too. Not just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do a little bit of it, but like without having someone assist me, it'd be cool to be able to like do those exercises. And I too though have found I'm a lot less anxious of a person since I've dived deeper into uh, spirituality and just having those tools. It's really neat because you can not only center yourself and prevent the anxiety from really bubbling up, but also if you do start to feel a little bit start, you can recognize it and do whatever you need to do. Breath work, or I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I have one where I imagine the anxiousness or, or the negative feelings actually like trickling out of the bottom of my feet, like a little door mm. opening. And you can do little exercises like that, and it really works. It's it's amazing. So um, I love it. I love hearing people's stories like that. Um, okay, cool. Um, and so how often do you practice, would you say, on average, like during a week? 
Mm. Right now I'm practicing a lot with the energy that's happening. And then also the shift, you know, I went from having a really high salaried income position and now I'm, I'm going off on my own. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So I'm, um, even I'm in my practice even more typically my daily sadhana when I was really busy was about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, right now I'm practicing closer to around an hour a day okay. at least. Um, today was a longer day. Uh, so I typically get up at four 30 and I listen to the Japji, which is, um, the first part of the Guru Granth Sahib part of the, um, it's traditional part of the Aquarian sadhana of, of Kundalini yoga. And, um, so it's a mantra. It's about 20, 30 minutes of prayer. It's the most amazing, beautiful prayer. I love it. And then I'll go back to sleep and then around, uh, six, six 30, I'll wake up and then I do my routine, um, cold shower and then do my practice, my sadhana. And that's a typical, that's typical for me. So you kind of do it in the mornings mostly then. Try to do it in the mornings. Yeah. There was a period of time that I was only doing it at night, yeah. and that's just where I was at. Yeah. And um, just you try to get it done within a twenty. We you you have take typically part of it is you want to do it in a twenty four hour container. So you hit your sadhana, and then so it's always hitting it each day. Yeah. Forty days. I like that. Oh, very cool. Um, let's talk about seek your your study of that. I think that's nice. Obviously, it is intertwined with Kundalini, so. Let's, let's weave into that topic, just like what, what you've learned, what you're studying, some of your biggest takeaways that you've, mm-hmm. you know, you'd like to share with people that don't know much about it. Yeah, so the Sikh faith is one of the youngest faiths in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's like the, I think the fifth largest as well. The Sikhs, uh, typically the traditional ones are in the like Punjabi region. And they're the ones that wear the turbans. Mm-hmm. So what it means, there's, it's, there's some basic fundamentals of being a Sikh. The, the core one is that there was 10 Sikh gurus. Uh, the first one was Guru Nanak. And then the last guru, the 11th guru, was the written word, which is the text, the Guru Granth Sahib. And really to be a Sikh itself, the, the word means seeker or student. Mm-hmm. And uh, my teacher says student of the infinite. And so we're just always learning. And it's really more, um, there's a, there's a method of saying religious connotation and because there's like a need to identify and really it's, it's really, it's a theory. It's a, it's a theory of how things work. Um, so we, 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 we follow one, the one true creator, the Wahi Guru, um, a call work. So, and then there's just the methodologies around it. And the main thing is there's, uh, depending on how devout, there's, there's all kinds of different ways of practice. But the core thing is that we study the Guru Granth Sahib, which, is, which was um, the last, it was the, it was the scriptures from all of the Sikh gurus. So we were able to read. And it's, it's just a beautiful composition of, of devotion to, um, to, to God and, we, and living in, in a devotional way. And there's different structures on how to live as a Sikh. Uh, and the, the core one is to, um, to follow the, the Wai Guru. Like, okay, this is it. One true creator. And, and really devote your life and service in that way. And then study the, the, the scripture. Um, then there's like the small things, like the turb. I wouldn't say they're small, but there's, there's fundamentals. Like they, they, a lot of Sikhs don't cut their hair um, or their beards. Yep. And there's, there's reasons behind that. And it, it ends up going back into yogic technology. Um, so things like the, they become extensions of your hair. So higher intuition, greater connection to God. And a lot of it's all about how, how aligned can I get, how um, aligned can I get with my truth, my Dharma in service to what God has designed for me. Um, and the Kundalini yoga, Yogi Bhajan was a Sikh who was studying these yogis brought over this teaching and he combined Sikhism with Kundalini yoga. Um, so you don't, you don't need to be a Sikh to study Kundalini yoga and you don't have to be wearing white or anything to do it. You can just practice it on your own. Um, so what I love the most about it 
is all of it has an aspect of devotion and devotion for me is gratitude at the fundamental aspect. Like, thank you for this amazing experience. Wow. I mean, all of it is just so crazy. Like everything is nuts. It's like, how is this happening? And thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I feel that too. That's the biggest thing I've, I've also like in just my, and I don't study one particular spiritual practice or way or whatever. And I don't think it matters if you do or you don't, or people are Christian or whatever. Like gratitude is everything. Like I just wake up every day and I'm just like so grateful. There's always something to be grateful for, even in the Mm -hmm. toughest of times. Often, sometimes the toughest of times are gifts actually to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to grow our souls and, and evolve. But I feel that too, like gratitude, like even just to talk to you and learn and and share this message with other people. Like I'm just so filled with gratitude right now. It's really cool. Um, So thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay. That's really neat. Um, Okay. Do you, do you have any other things you want? Yeah, I would, I would like to, so something that's unique about my path that's a little, that can be a little bit controversial is I do drink medicine. Like I work Uh, with uh, grandmother ayahuasca. Yeah. And so in the Kundalini lineage, typically that is not something that they condone. They, they're very, they're, um, they're starting to, it's starting to open up, uh, with, with CBDs and there's, but there, and, and more of the teachers are coming out and talking about how they're working with, um, cannabis or combo, um, and so it's becoming less of a, like a, a taboo thing in, in that community. And I, I was one, one of the, I was working with Kundalini or with, with ayahuasca medicine from the rainforest of the Amazon typically. Um, that's also very, that has an incredible lineage, thousands of years old. And I'm working with Kundalini technology from, from India, um, and was merging them together, which at the time was kind of, uh, risque, you know, uh-huh. rebellious. And, uh, so that's, and I, I, maybe there's probably not very many Sikhs, maybe that's generally not, uh, something that would be acceptable in the Sikh sure. faith. Uh, and we're also at a time right now. And this is one of the reasons why I'm in here in Tulum is that the dogmas are dissolving and, and, um, we're starting to what I'm starting to experience is living life in a state of harmony to gratitude itself automatically takes us into a new dimensional frequency. The moment that we start to be grateful. And then above that is the frequency of harmony, which has no right or wrongs. It's just, a, it's just, does this feel in alignment or not? How do we refine and working out of these binary constructs of, of good or bad or, it shoulds and shouldn'ts, um, and labeling. And it's just like, well, how does it feel? And how do you feel right now? And that's really where, where, what I love about Kundalini yoga is it's experiential. So I, I can take you through a, a process or chanting mantras. You don't need to know what the mantras say. We're doing all these weird breath work and stuff. And then you get to the end and like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel great. I feel calm. And then did anything come through to you? And so things can come through from, from your intuition. So connecting to your higher self and, and then you start to work on, Oh, I can really connect to this higher seat of intelligence. That's always available to me um, that I just didn't, wasn't slow enough or had some sort of blockages, energy blockages or my diet or something was, was blocking me from having access to this. Um, and so, and I found that ayahuasca in particular allows me is a conduit. This spirit is a conduit to my higher self, um, in such a way that I am just so connected to my heart and she teaches me, um, where very clearly where I'm out of alignment, Mm -hmm. where, where is, where are there places in my life where I've got some karmic hooks that I can go back and repair them? Because I mean, for one, one time I was in. I came out and I realized, you know what? I made a bet with my buddy in high school that I had forgot about. And my grandmother ayahuasca was showing me. She's like, you didn't pay that bet. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Wow. I bet him a, I bet him a hundred dollars to buy that. He couldn't drink a whole gallon of milk and just right away, just the whole, without throwing up. And he just glugged the whole thing. Uh, and I didn't have a hundred dollars. And I just, and I, but that was my word. I made it, I made a commitment to him that I would do that. And I didn't follow through. 
And those little tiny karmic hooks, like they, they, they kind of act as like holes in your vessel. Mm. And so I ended up trying to track down my buddy from high school. Cause I'm like, I gotta get him. I gotta get him this hundred bucks to clear this, this karma up. And, uh, so I finally get a hold of him and, um, he said, you know what? I don't really care about that hundred dollars. I forgot about it myself. He's like, but you know what really hurt my feelings is, and this was back when I used to drink is he's like, I came into the pub and this was like 15 years ago. And he said, and you, you were with some English guys and I came over to say hi to you. And you said, I don't even know who you are oh. and wrote me off. And I don't, I don't remember that. And I obviously was intoxicated and I got an opportunity to say, you know, I'm really sorry about that. Wow. I'm really sorry that that happened. And I love you, care about you. You're, you're an amazing part of my life. Yeah. And, um, and then he was like, well, you want to meet my kid? And I met his kid oh, and, cool. and he let me pay him the hundred dollars. And then he bought his kid a high chair with the hundred dollars. <laughs> cool. And so it was nice to, so, and, and grandmother shows you the, this medicine. She allows you to connect with deeper with your heart and then shows you like, ah, you know what, maybe you don't eat that. Or it's probably a good idea to, to call this person and mm. heal that relationship and teaches you how to heal it. So that's cool. It wasn't about the hundred bucks. It was about rekindling maybe that relationship. And you didn't even know that you'd kind of hurt him and you were able to like heal that. That's really neat. Yeah. Okay. Heal, heal that. So when you take ayahuasca, things just start opening up that you ha you don't think about in your daily consciousness or unconsciousness, if you will. Like it kind of helps open things up to your consciousness, would you say? Yes, yes. So they uh, drink the tea, it's sacred tea. Uh -huh. And then um, typically the shamans will take you through an experience. Um, some of them have done different types of dietas. So they've sat in um, maybe only drank a, a plant, like a plant tea for um, a month and the, in, in living in the jungle and isolation, just eating potatoes with no salt and no stimulants, no contact to that outside world so that they can have a real strong connection with this plant. And a song will come through called the Icaros and they'll sing this, like the Icaros songs and those will start to activate the medicine. But yeah, eventually what happens is, is it has DMT in it. Um, there's two, two different um, ingredients. Primarily it's the ayahuasca vine and the chacruna, which are two plants that they mix together. Mm. And, um, the chacruna is the fat is the, um, MAOI inhibitor. So then you've got the, um, ayahuasca, which is DMT. And that allows it to have this really long experience. Mm. It can be anywhere from like four to you know, 10 hours. Wow. And what, what happens is, is you all, your ego really dissolves and, you're able to go way into your subconscious mind and things surface that are there things that you didn't even know because our subconscious is so beautiful in the way and same with our ego, it wants to protect us. So it'll, it'll, it'll stuff things down way down. Like things that like you, things. And also when you're a little kids stuff, when you're toddlers, there's trauma that happens right. just as being human um, that will surface and you go, Oh, that's why I have this phobia of spiders or that's right. why I always want to leave my relationships because of what happened to me when sure. I was one years old. Um, and so no, there's no time that you could spend in, in a, in a psychiatrist table or, you know, or semen therapy that can get you access to your sure. subconscious mind in this way. Mm. And that's what it does. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I've known a couple of people that have done it. I've heard a lot of people do it, you know, that I follow and I, I've always been really curious. Um, but I have heard if you are going to do it, like there are things like preparing your diet and different stimulants and stuff ahead of time can help you one, have a better experience and two, prevent you from feeling sick. Right. Cause I also, you've heard a lot of people that get really nauseous or throw up. What is that about? And have you experienced that or been able to mm -hmm. master not experiencing it? Yeah. So in, well, we typically talk about it as getting well. So, uh, and this has also helped me understand health in a new ways when our body in, in our culture, a lot of times we talk about as sickness is like, Oh, I don't want to get sick. Well, the body is typically when it, when it's, when it's purging is getting better is, is, is teaching. It's like, okay, it's, it's, not, it's identifying something that's not in alignment and it's moving it through the body which is a natural process. So 
when we are in this, in these circles and we're, and we're purging, purging can look like sweating, it can be yawning. Um, it can be like shivering. And sometimes we throw up. Mm. I remember when I first started thinking like, well, I'm not going to throw up and, and then, uh, and then, uh, or get well. And, and then I started to, and then y- you realize that when you move, whatever it is out of your thing, you're so happy that that, mm. that energy or whatever it is, is, is gone now. And every, and mo- most of the time when I'm moving, whatever is coming out, I know exactly what it is. I know mm. exactly like I'm letting go of this trauma. I'm letting go of this fear. I'm letting go of this anger. Mm. Um, or this decision that I made. And I'm like, I know that I'm, I can, that I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. But the more that you've done it, do you have less of those purging symptoms? I notice when I'm in my highest alignment. So when I'm living really just in my, in, in really a high level of integrity. So taking, which that's different for every person. Sure. And so really taking care of my health and being kind with my words and um, just being the best version of myself. I'll have a typically have easier experiences when I work with the medicine. Okay. If I'm going and, and this as life is, I will ebb and flow. So there can be trauma that can happen just it just and so then sometimes I'll go through and I'll be processing that trauma that occurred in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be like a loss of a family member or a breakup or, um, you know, or maybe I was out of alignment and out of integrity and I'm like trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I get back in alignment or how do I fix this situation? Um, and sometimes it's a blockage. So there's like, or you, or as empaths, we can pick up stuff. Um, sure one of my teachers talks about um, going and working with plant medicine as service work, especially for um, empaths, because a lot of times what will happen is, is we'll pick up energy from other people and then we'll process it for them. Mm -hmm. And every time that we process anything and raise into a higher vibration, it lifts the entire collective. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're seeing that a lot right now. So you'll see, like a topic will come up and it seems like everybody is talking about the same topic in consciousness because there's so much healing going on in our ancestry with our parents, um, learning how to love ourselves, learning how to, to, to be able to live in this world in alignment with what's, what am I passionate about? What are my greatest gifts? How do I rate, how do I give back with the intention of bringing more light and love into the world? Um, so then, then you're just raising the consciousness. When you heal something, you're, you're healing everybody. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. We're all one. <laughs> is that actually, I was going to ask you, is that part of the Sikh? Do they believe like we are all one and we are all connected to source, the infinite? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it gets a little confusing because some people will say, well, they believe in one God, but then ultimately the, like we're, we are this God. Sure. Uh, so it, and we live in order to be in alignment with this being that we are fractals of, mm-hmm. that we will eventually return to. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Source. Yeah, totally. Um, oh man, I have a lot of questions, but uh, just so for people that maybe aren't familiar, there's no like long-term or serious side effects of doing ayahuasca. Like it's not dangerous. Like you can like overdose or something like other drugs right? Is mm-hmm. it safer in that realm? Well, uh, so one of the things it, 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 that it works with is it works with an MAOI. And so if you are taking, um, something like an MAOI inhibitor or something like, uh, like Selexa or some anti-anxiety medicine, it would be, it, uh, it can be, there, there are sometimes with serotonin syndromes that can happen mm-hmm. when, when, be, uh, when working with ayahuasca, cause it does uh, work with your, in, in, uh, releasing serotonin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I good, it's an, it's a, the medicine will call you. There's a higher intelligence working there. And if you're someone, um, and I, so there, there has been injuries in that case and there has been people that have had, um, yeah, some, some processes that are like not the best. Sure. So, and, and so it's always good to investigate where you're going to go, yeah. go with someone that you trust. Um, so it's not, it's really nice to know where the medicine comes from. Um, it's not always, 
totally clear because of well, it's technically not illegal in some places. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of just wanting to protect the plants. Sure. Um, but you do want to do a little bit of research before you go. Um, and it's really the, the more you can prepare your body, mm-hmm. um, and with your diet, the, the, the easier the, um, the process can be. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've heard that too. Okay. But I will, I will say the greatest thing that happened when I first started drinking ayahuasca, um, I was, the, the ayahuasca is what clear, was what cured me of my alcohol addiction. Uh-huh. I went in and she just, it was a spirit, it was an entity, it was some sort of energy that she just cleared wow. out. And my interest in, in drinking was just gone after yeah. four times of working on like, it was wow. it. Um, that, that was one of the greatest gifts among so many gifts that she gives me. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, and then does it, do you have a, a feeling of being like high though? Like you would with, I mean, no, it's different than like alcohol or marijuana, but typically if you're in moderation, you know, those substances can make people feel relaxed or happy if you're doing it right, not over drinking or, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. generally speaking, a lot of people, when they get a buzz or something, they just feel kind of warm and happy. Can mm-hmm. that come from ayahuasca too? Just the overall feeling of kind of just feeling like good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feeling absolute. Like happy. It, so every experience is completely different. I've, I've drank over 60 times now, okay. which is in, in some circles might sound like a lot and other ones that's like not very much at all. Sure. Um, so I have been able to experience um, God and like myself and like my deepest joy, my greatest bliss when I, when I drink it, when I, when I work with this medicine, that's a huge gift. And so, yes, you, there's moments of absolute euphoria, Mm -hmm. just oneness. Um, and then there's moments of just, it can be really rough. It can really go, we can, can I've gone way down really really intense yeah, i mean yeah. super super intensive like the visuals can be very intense also it, you can go to really really you go to the depths of yourself yeah. um you go to the the most expansive part of your your love that is there and you get to feel who you are and your absolute joy of, of your being and then you also get to see the dark side of yourself yeah. which is also a gift and can be terrifying and we're looking at uh, the dark parts of your psyche and um, any sort of traumas in your life and extremely healing because as we face our fears, as we face the darkness and we come and and the light always comes through on the other side. And so you're able to come through on the other side. Ah, okay. That was, that was a lot of work and I'm really glad that that happened. So that, cause I'm, I'm healed. I feel healed and you get to carry that frequency Mm -hmm. as you go out into the world. Totally. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. That's fascinating. Definitely curious. <laughs> I'm a little nervous if I were to try it, but that's something I'd have to obviously work through if I were to decide to do it. So, yeah. It's not for everybody. It's for everyone and not for everyone. So it's, right. it's there, it's accessible. And then like, there's a call, there's a definite call. It's like, you know, I'm ready for that. And I, I work with some people, some of the most incredibly enlightened, amazing beings and they, they drink a lot of medicine and they don't do any Kundalini yoga or, and they have their own sure. practices and stuff. And then I work with some people who are, wow, they're so, the, being in their field is almost so intense because they're just such a high vibrational being and they, they would never drink ayahuasca. Sure. They're like, wouldn't even consider it. Like, why would I do that? Yeah. And they, and their path has just been different. And, um, and for me, it's it, that path has worked is yeah. working with plant medicine, studying Kundalini yoga, like, okay, this is good. And, and that's probably the, the greatest thing is like to let go of any sort of like judgment or shoulds. And it's like, this is working for me. I've seen people that are, have gone into straight access to enlightenment through dancing at a grateful dead concert. Boom, boom. They're in They're at that. They're, they're, it's they're there. Like they're there and they're there and they're there. It's like not for a moment there. They're carrying that for the rest of their, their life. Um, so we don't know when those awakenings can occur and they can happen anyway. And all spiritual paths are beautiful. I agree. Yeah. That's neat. I agree. Wow. Very cool. Well, before we wrap up, I'm kind of starting to, I've noticed a theme. I ask a lot of people, especially in my guests that tend to be more spiritual. Um, what's your like, 
I want to say opinion, but your vibe and um, just what you've been like observing, what's going on in the group collective. You kind of talked about that. I'm feeling that. I think we're all feeling it, right? You said like we're feeling the traumas and the pain coming out. I think that's honestly what's happening right now. And I think it's a good thing because it gives us all a chance to heal, but it also feels rough sometimes. And it's a very heated, divisive climate, but yet there are a lot of people that are waking up too. There's a mixture of things going on. What's your mm-hmm. vibe on that? Have you had any downloads in your meditations? Um, just your intuition? Like, what are you feeling overall? What's going on right now in the world? Mm-hmm. Yes. So in, I've had a few, many downloads and it's this continuous. Uh, there's a lot of different timelines uh, that are available. Uh, we're, we're writing our different scripts as they go along. So I, I would say the key thing is there's a teaching from the law of one. I study the law of one a lot. I love this book. Um, and the, the concept is that everything is in harmony. It's in harmony. <clears throat> and what's happening is there was a, there was a pretty drastic imbalance that was happening. And this is now going the other way. So now we're having a counter action. And so, and it was, and it's quite uh, rocky. So, so when you rock a boat, it'll go for a second and then it'll rock and then rock. And then it comes back into calmness again. Um, So we're in a rocky period. And the, and the key here for me is there's a, there's a word called um, that the, that uh, one of the tribes down in uh, Amazon use Hunikun, they say, so good a fate which means secure, secure your faith. Mm. And so the really the greatest thing that we can do is really focus on the light, allow our imagination to be the imagination of what is it that I'm creating and dreaming awake for myself. And, um, and, and also secure to secure to faith is secure your va- values, really get in alignment. Like what are my values? And this, this is a, an amazing opportunity right now that we're being presented with really being strong and firm with our values and making a value decision. Um, and ultimately it, it will, it, like I said, even in every single journey, like I've ever had where I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to die. And I come out through this side and I see the light and society and humanity will see the light. Um, and right now we are the light, we're the light carriers. And so do whatever you can to constantly, like you were saying, your gratitude practice and whatever it is, hanging out with your family, going out into nature, recharge, find your joy, stick with your faith and, and really know and find your tribe and know that you're, you're held and guided. Talk to your angels, pray to your guides. Uh, you have a, we all have so many angels that are looking out for us all the time and they really love it when we acknowledge them. And so in those times where we're in confusion, like, Hey, whoever you pray to, like they're listening and like, I could really use some guidance and thanks for your support. And, and also, you know, send those prayers out to those that are struggling in a lot of pain as well. Um, so ultimately I'd say harmony is being, is it will, is there and the light is coming and we are in the, we are in the, in a spiritual um, battle at the moment. And, and the key is just, stay close to whatever makes you happy, gives you a lot of joy yeah. and, and, um, and really hold on to the, the best imagination and possible outcome. Um, and, and stay, stay there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's the practice. It's the yeah. practice. Oh, trust me. And it's, tested daily you know whether yeah. you turn on wherever you get your news or it's you can't it's hard to escape it <laughs> especially you know when you're in the on the the mainland you here in the u.s you know what i mean it's just everywhere and it's it can be really hard i've had some hard days lately i'm generally pretty positive but i actually recorded a an episode yesterday that'll be uh airing tomorrow well people listening to this that's irrelevant one's coming out and um you know, I've been struggling with it. I try not to watch the news. I know what's going on, but it just, it's starting. I'm seeing a new wave of the new like debate now. And it just, I, I don't see this going away anytime soon. And so I reminding myself, like stick to your truth, you know what you need to do. It's love and light. And like, I don't know, it's just, it tests you sometimes. And I feel like I'm feeling 
sensitive to it, but I, I do know that there are so many amazing people out there and we're all trying to do our best. We're all on different timelines and we need to love and support one another along the way. That's like number one. And so that was really motivational. Thank you for, for saying all that. Cause it reminds me again, just like, I know it's going to be okay. It's just rocky on the journey there, you know? So, yeah. And, yeah. and it's, oh, and you're getting guided. So, and like sometimes uh, fear or these like other lower vibrational, those are teachers. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's sit with this and it's uncomfortable. Let's sit with it. And like, right. that's another thing I learned from the medicine is like, I'll have uncomfortable periods. There's no escaping. So we just part of learned our this. existence here in this 3d plane, right? It's that's part of the beauty actually is having the feelings and experiences. But I mean, it's, you know, we're, you are human and I, Generally, I feel pretty good and I've been able to really like, you know, eliminate fear. But when you hear the same thing over and over in the media or something, you're like, wait, should I be scared? Like, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to fear. You know what I mean? Like it tricks you for a second, but you're like, no, that's not in my being. Like, I don't want to track that. I, I'm not fearful, but you know, it, it messes with you sometimes. So absolutely, I, you know, as spiritual as you can be, like it's still sometimes it's just tough. So Ooh, we just, we got to stick together and, and focus on the love and, and patience and compassion. Like you said, forgiveness, gratitude, all those high vibrational things that ultimately will heal me, you, all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, like I was saying earlier, thinking about wellness, I'm getting well in, in, in this society that a lot of the communication is around being sick. Yep. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm that kind well, of attracts it in almost if you're focusing a lot on that, right? So I I am healthy. I want to be healthy. I will be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, gosh, there's so we could talk about that one for a long time because it is that it, that's the most amazing beauty that's happened in this process is these conversations that are being spawned from this because it's so extreme. Mm -hmm that you're really having to go to the extreme depths of yourself and like asking your questions of yourself, like, what does it mean to die? What does it mean to live? Right. What is How, what is my connection with God? Like, what are my values? Um, really getting super, super aligned and securing that. And um, so it is a, it is the great awakening. It is. And, and, and uh, manifesting our desires. And if you want to be healthy, I mean, you obviously have to take physical steps here in the world to do that. You can't just, eat like crap and pray, right? But treating your body well, but also believing it to the core of every cell in your body and, and every, you know what I mean? Ounce of your being manifesting, manifesting it in, right? But yeah. yeah, And, and trust in the process because I, I know that in my process of getting to health, there'd be parts of myself that was out of alignment. One of my, one of my teachers, one of my uh, naturopath doctors, she, I remember when I was, I was smoking cigarettes and she's like, just forget about the cigarettes. You know, like you, you're not going to quit all these things at one time. Let's work on the first thing. Let's sure. get your gut health sorted out. Mm. So we got my, cause I had like candida overgrowth. Mm. So focusing on one thing at a time and giving yourself some grace, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like, ah, I'm not ready to like do all this at one time. And I, sure. I, I see that that's where I want to be and yeah. I'll get there. Yeah. I like that. That's good advice. Yeah. One thing at a time. And, and we all have to give ourselves and others grace right now. <laughs> well, always, but especially it feels always. like right now. <laughs> Thank you for that reminder. We need it every day. It. We need reminders uh, every day. Compassion, compassion. Okay, great. If okay, you dare to go on social media, remind yourself about compassion. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went through and was looking at some of my posts recently. And I'm like, you know what? That's because I'm really, I'm super fascinated with nonviolent communication. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? My communication was violent there. Uh, I don't want to. You were, you were to putting level. something out there. Yeah. And I'll go back and like, okay, how do I correct this? And yeah. Take accountability know. for it. Oh, we're yeah. always learning. So <laughs> hopefully. <Doing our> best. <laughs> cool. Well, Augie, thank you. You're thank a breath you of fresh so air. Thank perfect. you for your service and just spreading the, the love and the light through your teachings and experiences. Yeah. Sadnam, thank you for seeing me. Thanks for the call. And I'm oh, glad yeah. that I could be here. And I, I'm glad you're doing this and, and, and giving a voice to so many people. Yeah, totally. Thank you. It's been awesome. I feel super lucky to be able to talk to people like you and then spread it out into the world. So I hope it's well received. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
All right. Thank you. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Lauren Not Live. You can find me at Lauren at Real Lauren Live, excuse me, on Instagram and my website Lauren Live. Wishing you all so much love, so much light. Hang in there. Uh, we're rocking the boat, as Aki was saying, but we got to stick together. And um, I would love it if you would share this with whoever you think might might need it. Uh, we have a lot of work to do, but um, good things are coming for sure. Yeah. Okay. Onward and upward. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.